My name is David Birnbaum. Welcome to The Safe Space. Today, my guest is Kevin Horak. Kevin and I discussed family, and it's something that I've been thinking about a lot recently. You know, as people get into their mid to late 20s, you know, I suppose we're becoming adults now in, in a really full sense of the term, getting out of university, leaving young adulthood into, you know, what is my life and how do I want to create it? We primarily focus on the shifting relationships with, you know, let's call it our childhood family, parents, siblings. Kevin has an interesting, he calls it a mixed family or a blended family, perhaps. And we talk about that. We talk about how we navigate. Is it more difficult for parents to accept that their children are adults or for children to accept that their parents are human? And then we talk about, okay, based on our experience with our families, how does that factor into moving forward in life, the types of families we want to build? It's a really great conversation and I got a lot of insight out of it and I think you will too. As always, consider subscribing on YouTube or your favorite podcasting app and maybe support the show at thesafespace.ca. Hey Kevin, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. A bit tired, but you know how it is. Stuff's great. (laughs) The Um, midweek blues yeah, exactly. It's uh, we're we're recording on a Wednesday for uh, people who are listening on not the midweek. Uh. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm really excited for this conversation because it's something that I think uh, I've been thinking about a lot recently, and and I think a lot of my peers are as well. We're going to talk about um, I suppose family broadly speaking, but really like the value of family. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm interested when why is this important to you generally? Do you think about it a lot or is it just like something in your mind? Because when I talked about, you know, what topics are of interest to you, what are your values? You did say family kind of seems to be one of, if not the biggest one for you. So I'm, I'm really interested um, to hear kind of your thoughts on it and why that is. Yeah, for sure. So I think, um, you know, family is definitely something that's, you know, one of maybe the, the more important things in, in my life. And I think in, in a lot of other people's lives as well. Um, and I guess on the topic of why is it important to me? Um, and do I think about it a lot? I guess the, the answer to the second part is, is no. And I don't really think that many people think about it a lot because family, uh, you know, more or less, you know, everyone has some sort of degree of family involvement, you know, as they're growing up and, and, you know, well into their adult life as well. So it's, it's not something that I would say is front of mind for me. Um, which I think is why it's so special because it's just always there in the background and, you know, you kind of have that support system or, uh, those, you know, relationships that you can rely on, um, you know, in good times and in bad times as well. Um, so I guess that's why it's important to me. Um, not because I think about it a lot, but because I think not many people think about it a lot and, and kind of, you know, no one takes a step back and, and takes stock of, of, uh, you know, what their family means to them and, and kind of how they fit in that, in that, uh, ecosystem. Yeah, and that's really interesting because, you know, for myself and the people I know who do take stock of it, it's all, it's normally from a negative lens, right? Like, because there's this idea that many people, and that's what I've been struggling with. Like, it's not like I had like a terrible upbringing or something like that, mm-hmm. but really, you know, assessing whether I think family should just always be there and is it my most important value um, or do I question like, you know, do I want to have my family relationship 
only on certain terms. And I think that's especially an issue with like parents. If they're used to mm-hmm. treating you a certain way and you you no longer are willing to be treated that way, do you, but it doesn't sound like that's the case for you. Do you think, you know, do you think it's like you've not thought about it in that lens or you have a good relationship with them? Um, yeah, so that's, that's a good question. And I think, um, you know, certainly in my experience, I've had an overwhelmingly positive experience with my family. Um, I understand that it's not the same for, uh, for many people out there. And, and certainly if you're in a toxic relationship, then we, you know, you should look to repair, replace that. But, um, I don't know. I think it's just, you know, part of the spirit, I think of family and I'm speaking broadly and obviously, you know, with my lived experience, um, it's just being able to have those kind of open and honest conversations. So you touched on the fact that, you know, uh, you know, maybe I don't want to be treated, you know, the same way or viewed at, uh, with the same lens, um, by my family as I was, you know, say when I was growing up or because of X, Y, or Z, well, you know, the remedy to that is, is perhaps sometimes just an honest conversation. Um, just, you know, much like the one that you and I are having today. Um, and I, you know, I understand it's harder, you know, to do than, than just to talk about, but, um, yeah, I think that's at least a good starting point for for many people. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I'm trying to get my parents onto this show, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> um, yeah, because I, you know, I had quite a bit of tension with my mom for a few years, but it was really kind of just reestablishing that relationship. And I think, um, from my experience, at least, it's often that the child in the relationship feels uncomfortable asserting themselves as an adult properly. And sometimes there's a lack of receptivity on the part of the parent to kind of acknowledge that this is someone who can like kind of know what they want now. And, and you have to kind of accept that and, you know, or, Mm -hmm. you know, deal with it at least. Um, Have you had any sort of those kind of more difficult conversations in an adjustment period? Cause I think that's really, you know, the, what is it like the mid twenties into thirties is kind of when people start to settle into their adult selves, I suppose, or like at least many of my peers. Um, yeah, for sure. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with, with the whole, you know, coming of age, uh, process, I guess. Right. And you, you kind of transitioning out of that, you know, young adulthood into full-fledged adulthood and, and you having to navigate kind of a grown-up relationship with your parents where it didn't exist before. Um, and certainly there are themes of, of, I think loss uh, for your parents in terms of like you losing your, your usefulness and, and becoming kind of a peer rather than it being, um, you know, a unidirectional relationship in, in certain senses. Um, but yeah, I would say just tough conversations. Um, they pop up, um, you know, here and there, and it's, it's just kind of, you have to take it as, as they come. I guess one example for me is, uh, you know, my parents every so often will kind of ask me, you know, how are your finances or what are you investing in lately? Or what are you, you know, uh, what are your financial goals and that kind of stuff. And, and I'm more than happy to share that stuff with them, but it's just kind of, you know, sometimes it, you view it as overarching and, and uh, you know, maybe stepping on my toes a bit. Right. And it's just kind of that, you know, uh, jockeying you have to do with your parents um, as you reach, you know, into adulthood. Um, and it just, you got to feel it out, I guess, learning by doing right. Yeah, that's a, that's a good example. And, but, and it, it applies to something I want to ask you, because you mentioned how it's difficult for, or it can be difficult for the parents to kind of let go of their child. Mm-hmm. But I think it's potentially even harder for the child to let go of their parents. And that was kind of my experience. Um, like, you know, as a kid, you kind of look up to your parents. They're, mm-hmm. or for many people, they're like heroes of sorts. And then you have to kind of accept, or at least I did, that no, they actually don't know more than I do as an adult. Like they're, they're trying to figure it out as well. And, you know, maybe my parents 
there, you know, every parents are different, but I've heard, you know, across the board, it's a, it's a common phenomenon. And I feel like that's also, there's like an oversensitivity as well. Like if a friend asked me the same question my dad did about my finances, like maybe I wouldn't be as frustrated because no, just leave me alone. Like I know there, or I would assume there's like, you know, more behind my dad's question about it than my friends might be. But what do you think of that kind of the flip side of like you needing to like understand that your parents are just kind of humans? Yeah, for sure. I think that realization, at least for me, it didn't come until I was like, and I mean, I'm still relatively young, but until I was like, you know, out of university and in the working world, you maybe start to kind of empathize and, and understand that your parents are, you know, more or less just the same as you, just with a couple decades on top of you. Um, but but when you're having that coming of age experience, like I know I know for me, uh, when I'm when I moved to university, my whole goal was it, I didn't have trouble letting go of my parents. I think I was, and not that they were overbearing or anything. I just um, yeah, yeah, I wanted yeah. to go to and explore. I was like, yeah, I went to school in a different city. I wanted to kind of live on my own and experience that. And I've always been like very independent in that way. Um, so for me, it wasn't necessarily having trouble letting go. It was just kind of, I jettisoned off right in the, <laughs> when I was 18 and, and uh, kind of, you know, figured it out for myself. But uh, I do think as I, as I get older, I realize more and more kind of what my parents go through as, as adults who live kind of the day to day um, that you don't understand necessarily once you're a fresh adult, maybe when you're like, you know, 17, 18, 19. Yeah, that makes sense. And for me, it was similar. It was like, a suit. I went away, there was no chance I was staying at home for yeah. university, right? <laughs> and like, I definitely ran away of sorts, like in mentally. Um, but, and then it was coming back and like, okay, do like re-adding them to my life almost. Cause it was very much mm-hmm. like, I'm gone. Like, you'll hear from me when you hear from me. And they were okay with that. And then it was, yeah, the more process of reintegrating, I guess. And so I want to, ask on on that note do you because there's this idea in a lot of society where that like almost like you know you can't pick your family and and it's like this tone of like you have to stick with your family Mm -hmm. and I really struggle with that because there's this almost like kind of duty premise like I like my parents raised me I owe them forever I'm I'm interested in in your thoughts on on that kind of broadly and then your experience uh if there was any kind of struggles with that idea Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, you know, in the sense that we're in Canada and we live in a relatively, I'll say, an individualist society, I don't think those kind of cultural pressures exist, at least not in my family. And I would, you know, I guess, extrapolate and say not in most uh, Canadian families. But um, yeah, that's an interesting concept because I do think in a way like you, it's easy to feel obligated to your parents and and, and to your family, like your larger family as well. Um just because you grew up together, your blood, and there's that whole sense of, you know, uh, you know, it's a more than superficial relationship that you have with them, right? But um, I think at least how it's been for me, like, my family's been pretty good at navigating adult relationships, um, you know, while understanding that we're family and we're blood, but also while not making that, you know, the only thing that we consider, uh, you know, when navigating these relationships. And I think that's what has made us a successful family. Um, but I would say it's different person to person. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And I want to, you mentioned the broader family as well. When you think of like, you know, the importance of your family, I tend to think like, uh, you know, what is it like the nuclear family, like, you know, my siblings, my parents, but I know in some cultures and, you know, I have a Jewish upbringing. So family broader, more broadly speaking is kind of emphasized, but 
it wasn't quite in my upbringing specifically, but I'm interested when you think of the importance of family, do you think of, yeah, your immediate family or is it like a broader picture of, you know, 50 cousins and uncles and, you know, all that jazz? Yeah, for sure. So for me, it's, it's mostly a question of demography or sorry, uh, geography. Um, given that my extended family didn't live kind of close enough to visit often and we didn't see them often growing up, like I'm talking different provinces, different cities. Um, so we're relatively scattered across the country. So my immediate family, I guess, is what I refer to when I say broader family. So that would be, mm-hmm. you know, my parents, my siblings, my siblings, you know, spouses. And then I had one set of grandparents that I grew up with. So that would be kind of what I, what I would refer to. But I think it really just does depend on, on how many touch points you have with certain family members, like, you know, you know, big extended families who live close by are more accessible to, to you, right? Instead of, uh, you know, having to jump on a plane and, and, you know, go halfway across the country to forge those relationships. That makes sense. And yeah, I, I still don't quite know, you know, my family part was close by, part was spread out. And it's like, when do we see each other and stuff? And I think it stemmed from what the next kind of subtopic I want to get into is sibling relationships, right? Because, you know, my parents, from my perspective, they might disagree, didn't necessarily have the closest relationship with their siblings. So then like, we always saw our grandparents. And when there was like bigger family events, we saw everyone, but it wasn't like you see in, or I saw in movies and some other people were like, the the siblings were friends so the cousins grew up together but more on the like i don't know how many siblings you have but i'm wondering what that process was like of kind of coming of age and like at the same or nearby the same time as your siblings because that's what was really interesting for me like you know, my siblings are older than me, but we were kind of all in a similar time frame grappling with this idea of what is an adult relationship with our parents? Who are who are our parents actually? Um, mm-hmm. And so it was like interesting to see the like three different, uh, you know, we were each at a different stage of our growth in the relationship with each parent. And it was so like very bizarre. Um, I'm wondering what your experience was like uh, with your siblings like that. Yeah, so um, your story sounds somewhat similar to mine in the sense that um, I have I have four siblings, so uh, definitely lots of uh, you know experiences to kind of touch upon there. But uh, we're a blended family, and we're relatively dispersed. I think the age range now is my younger brother is twenty one, and my oldest brother is like thirty eight. So we're quite it's quite stratified in terms of age. Mm-hmm. Um, so we didn't really all come of age at the same time. Um, so it's been interesting uh, to kind of, you know, at least for me to come of age and, and navigate and ask myself those questions who are my parents, what is my relationship going to look like with them into the future? And then having the, uh, I guess, perspective of my siblings who came of age a decade before me or greater than a decade before me to rely on, because I mean, they've been, you know, obviously at it a lot longer than I have. Um, so they have, you know, maybe interesting insight um, into that dynamic that I can kind of touch upon and and it's almost like a booster shot to that relationship with my parents because I can understand them, I guess, maybe more intricately than I would have if I had younger siblings. Yeah, that's really interesting. Did you find it's like, to me, it would be almost like, yeah, it's like a transitionary step. Like they're also like enough older that they're kind of sort of in the parent bucket mentally as yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, no, they totally are. I have, um, I have two nephews and a niece. So yeah, some of my siblings have, are, are parents and um, yeah, so they definitely kind of wear both hats, I guess you'd say. Uh, so you mentioned what your what is a blended family? I don't actually know what that means. 
Yeah, for sure. So I, I guess in, in my definition, so uh, my mom, both my mom and my dad brought uh, children into the marriage. My dad had adopted um, my cousin, actually, um, just due to familial circumstances when he was young. And then my mom brought in a couple kids from a previous marriage. And then they had me and my younger brother. So we're quite blended in that sense. So I have, I guess you would call them half siblings. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's it. Do you, do you feel like your like family dynamic is different than many of your peers? Because yeah, I don't know many people in that sort of uh, familial setting. Um, so I would say you definitely grow up thinking that you're a lot different than everyone else and that your issues are different than everyone else's, which I guess to some extent they are. Um, but the more and more I meet people, especially as an adult, and I kind of, you get to know what their family dynamic is, you realize that, you know, for the most part, a lot of families are just like yours. And I'm not saying they're blended in the way that mine is, but they're blended to some extent or their kids uh, were kind of children of divorce or, or uh, they have other things going on that kind of shatters this ideal of having the the perfect family. And I, you touched on it a few minutes ago about um, kind of what's shown and, and portrayed in, in Hollywood and in movies and TV and even in books. Um, and it's just not not the case usually is what I find as an adult, which is why family is so interesting to me. And, and I guess partly why we're talking about it today is because um, I just think it's it's uh, fascinating how we're sold this story of what family is supposed to look like and what family is supposed to be, um, you know, by society at large. And, and then, you know, you look inward at your own family and then outward to the families of the people around you. And it's really not the case. Right. And it, it kind of fosters some, I would say, I don't know, frustration or questioning on the part of the individual when they you're looking to, I guess, you know, Hollywood for this portrayal and, and it's just not matching up with what you're seeing. Yeah. And I think that it's really unfortunate and it was a lot of the cause of tension for me and my siblings, I think. And this idea of yeah, what I mentioned earlier, like kind of getting over my the idea of my parent, it was very much I had to kind of separate out okay, the idea I had of what a father is, what a mother is or should be versus, no, okay, what, who is my mother? Who is my father? And it really is this like idealized world. And I I remember a specific example that I won't get into because it's my sister's example, but about like really needing to understand like, okay, yes, there is this idealized way that like, you know, maybe in a perfect world, you have this sort of relationship with your parents, but that's just not even how our parents are. Mm-hmm. Like they will not, they are not that type of person. So that relationship is impossible, right? But there's very much this idea that, well, no, but they should they should want to fill that role. And maybe they do, but they can't is also a possibility. But I think especially as like, you know, when you're a kid, what reference points do you have for, you have, okay, my family, there's probably some issues, but then there's the families and whatever show you watch and how great they get along or whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. And and I guess it's like, it's kind of the same thing as, you know, no two snowflakes are alike and, and no two families are alike, right? So there's no mold for, I guess, the family to fit into. And you talk about kind of like uh, the nuclear family, which I, you know, mom, dad, two kids, a dog, like it's, um, you know, who has that really. Right. And, and there are varying degrees of, I would say closeness. Like I, I think my family is relatively close, but we're close from like an individual perspective. Like we're always, we've always kept to ourselves. We're not super like mushy and we don't like hug too often and, and, or even say, I love you that, that often, but like it's implicit in our relationship. And then on the flip side, I know people who, who are so, you know, touchy-feely with their siblings and their parents and they're super close and they go hang out together. They do things together and, and 
I think both are okay, but it's just growing up and understanding that, that families come in different shapes and sizes and there's different dynamics and, and that no one is better or worse than the other. I mean, you know, barring kind of extreme toxic cases, but, um, that's, I just think what's, what's most interesting about being an adult is you get a perspective that you, you don't necessarily, uh, you know, have awareness to when you're growing up. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. And that those dynamics are what's kind of difficult to navigate because for me, I had, you know, I've really struggled to, with this idea of does family, like, let's say, fundamentally matter, right? Because it's like, okay, if they fit the life I want to build, um, and I had this, these ideas wherever I got them from of the type of family I would want, um, and if they don't fit that mold, then, you know, it's not worth it. But, like, it's important to kind of recognize the the that, you know, each dynamic can be different. There is, you know... M- Maybe some people are more touchy-feely. Maybe some people do want to chat about life. Maybe some people just like being near each other and the, and the company of one another. And it, it makes me think of the five love languages. I don't know if you've read that book, but it's like, you know, there's different ways people receive love. Um, but for me, what kind of really has been this, for me, an issue to uh, reconcile or, or to deal with is that I was very dismissive of like the value of having grown up together, of how they have known me my whole life. I was very Mm -hmm. dismissive of that. But there's something to be said about like, you know, when I make an, when I have an accomplishment or something, it it can be a lot more meaningful to be appreciated by someone who knows how hard I worked for 20 years to get there or something Mm -hmm. like that. And that's kind of like a, that's kind of a superficial example, but I think it kind of captures the like, there is something to be said about the importance of people who've known you your whole life. And I still don't quite understand it. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts on, on that aspect. Yeah. I think that's an interesting point to talk, to touch on Um, apologies Um, in the sense that um, really, I guess what you're talking about is it's, we grow up and just by virtue of, of, you know, being raised by a family or, or some, some type of family, um, we have this, you know, intimate relationship with the, the people that we grew up with, our parents, our siblings, our grandparents, cousins, you know, what have you. Um, and by intimate, I mean not physically, obviously, but it's more of an emotional kind of intimacy that you you gain. And, and it's just, um, you know, I think humans crave that kind of, um, those kind of relationships just innately. And I mean, I'm sure everyone kind of is acutely aware of that after having been kind of isolated for months at the hands of this pandemic. But um at the hands yeah, of the I government, think, sorry. At the hands, well, yeah, at the hands of the government. Depends on how you uh, how you look at it. Um, but yeah, for sure. I I don't know. I just think people are acutely, you know, maybe aware of, of their need for for those relationships and how important they are, and and to have emotional intimacy, whether it be with a family member, a partner, friend, you know, something like that. Um, but uh, yeah, I just think that's uh, you know, no matter how your family interacts, it's it's definitely nice to be able to lean on people uh both when you need to and then both when you want to i guess gloat about an accomplishment like you were talking about because <laughs> they do have that understanding and i'm i'm interested you know you say your family is not necessarily like touchy-feely or lovey-dovey like what how how does it feel i suppose to be supported in not those ways because it's it's very unusual for me um because i like you know i grew up my mom was very lovey-dovey touchy-feely 
my dad wasn't. And then, you know, I was also told things about how that was improper the way he showed his love. So it's kind of like a, a bit of a mess in my mind. And I'm interested to hear what it's like kind of just being in a family unit that has that, that kind of MO for lack of a better term. Yeah, for sure. I guess you would call them physical boundaries. I don't know. Um, but they're not like, you know, codified rules, I guess, in our family. It's just kind of how we operate. And I think that's maybe a symptom of, of just how kind of stratified we all are in terms of age, right? Like when I was born, my siblings were teenagers and like my parents are getting up there in age now too, right? So it's just interesting dynamic in that sense. I've never found it weird per se. Um, you know, we function just like I would say, most other families do in, in terms of how the basic relationship functions. Like I'll, you know, go visit my parents, we'll have a glass of wine and hang out, watch a movie, something like that. It's just, um, we're not, you know, I'm not calling them every day and they're not calling me every day because we don't need to talk that often. It's kind of like, you know, you have a good friend and, and, you know, you can go six months without talking to them and then, you know, you meet up and you pick up right where you left off. That's kind of how my family operates in that sense. Um, we know that we'll always be there for each other and we can lean on each other when we need to. Um, and we do chat, you know, on and off, but, uh, it's not, uh, we don't have an innate need to kind of communicate with each other every day. Um, and I know, you know, I have friends who, who call their parents every night, um, and that's how they operate and, and that's cool too. But, um, yeah, to give you perspective, we're kind of, uh, you know, we love each other, but at a distance. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. I want to ask a question that might be hard to answer. I, I'm going to ask you if you could try to quantify, at least in a percentage sense, um, you know, the the percent value a family member adds, let's say. So, for example, you have a sibling or a parent, and you have a friend, um, and they're like pushing you too far. They're they're getting on your nerves. They're negative. Like you know, like the, you're you're questioning whether you're going to end the friendship. Um, is that just never a possibility with family, or is there like a fifty percent buffer? They can be fifty percent worse. I know it's a difficult question, but I think. I, I think it's an interesting, you know, exercise. Um, or at least explain, if, unless, at least if you could, like, let me into your thought process around that question or why that question is absurd. Sure, yeah. I mean, I think there is some degree of absurdity to the question, but I guess that's why that's why we're, we're talking about it and we're answering it. Um, yeah, I think I, what you're trying to get at is, is there, like, a degree of leniency that you would give to a family member that you wouldn't afford to, say, a friend? Yeah. And I guess... You know, there are so many variables at play here too, right? Is it is it your best friend? Is it an acquaintance? Is it you know someone you met last month or known for ten years? Um, you know, not even delving into that, I would say just on a on a basic level, I think people are inclined to maybe give their cut their family members a little more slack when it comes to those types of things. But um, I think what comes along with that emotional kind of um, intelligence that you gain from just being around people for your whole life, um, which would be your family members is that they maybe know when they're pushing you too far and, and when they've pushed one too many buttons, right? So it's, um, I guess, a push and pull in the relationship. And it would take a lot, I guess, to answer your question for me to have to, you know, excommunicate a family member. Um, it, there would have to be, you know, a large degree of trauma there that and the differences would have to be irreconcilable. So I do think I would, um, you know, I would agree a family member, I guess, adds more social value in, in that sense or... Mm-hmm maybe social value is not even the right word to use. It's just, they, they get more of a, a free pass than, than maybe an acquaintance or a friend would, um, you know, with sensitive matter. Yeah. I, I mean, that makes sense. And for me, I think it, it actually highlights quite well what the point of tension in my family seems to be is that 
we didn't have good awareness of each other's limits, right? So um, mm -hmm. that's, that's an interesting way you put it. I want to kind of shift gears now. You know, we've been talking about kind of growing up in a family unit as the sibling or as the child, I suppose. And now I want to kind of ask about what, how does that frame, sorry, how does that then lead into like looking forward the type of family you want to create? Like, you know, most people I talk to, if family right now are thinking about the type of family they want to build for themselves. So I'm interested in, yeah, at least the initial thoughts right now. How do you think about like the type of family you want? If yeah, I suppose I'm, I'm. A... Oh, I think you cut out there, but I think I got most of the question. Um, yeah. So I guess as I, you know, continue on into adulthood and, and I'm you know trying to figure out what, uh, what kind of family I want to craft, um, you know, I would say a lot of it is left open-ended. I think um, the way that I at least approach the world is just kind of take it as it comes. And obviously it's important to have a plan or maybe an idea or a goal of what you want your life to look at or look like, sorry. But um, yeah, I, I honestly have no idea. I just think for me, it's about the quality of the relationships that you craft. So whether that be with a, a partner or uh, with a child one day, or, you know, even with my family members as they, we continue to age together, um, I just want them to be genuine, you know, authentic, honest, and, uh, you know, you want to make sure you're crafting win-win situations for everyone involved, right? Or else why be a part of, of, of the relationship? Um, so I don't know if that answers your question. Like, I, I can't tell you, you know, how many children I'm going to have and, and where they're going to go to school, but uh, I can certainly tell you the type of vibe that I want, that I want to have with, with any family uh, as I grow older. Um, and it's just one of kind of openness, kindness, um, understanding, um, you know, really easy, uh, keep the anger to a minimum and the arguments to a minimum. That's kind of the goal. Yeah, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I suppose it's both and not full to try and plan out specifics. Um, I'm wondering, do you, or a goal in terms of like a broader family picture moving forward? So like, have you siblings about like your kids growing up together? Because of family is important to us moving forward try and build that family unit together um so I, I haven't had like really specific conversations about kind of with my siblings about you know who's going to grow up with who or or you know how our kids are going to function together but one thing i i will say is um i think geography plays it's, it's like an anchor right so so most of my family's in the gta here kind of where i am um and you know, I'm a relatively adventurous person and, and I, you know, lived in other places in the world and I certainly want to explore more, but I can't, uh, I can't commit to moving out of the GTA because my family is nearby. So I think that's definitely an anchor effect and, and mm. any sort of family that I build in the future will be within this, you know, close geographic area and in close proximity to my family so that we can have interactions, um, you know, in the future. And I think so to answer your question, that's about as far as I've thought, but, but I certainly know that I definitely want to stay, um, you know, at least it's somewhat of a close proximity to my family for those reasons. That makes sense. And yeah, uh, 
it's a it's a good i it's a good thing to touch on because you know i recently was talking to a friend who moved to uh finland and so it's like clearly she's not near her family now and like you know that's tough and mm-hmm. she has a her dream job yet it's in finland um and you know my mom actually recently changed her decision to move out east because she wants to stay closer to her family and that kind of thing so it's it's this interesting um it's it's like the two major priorities in many people's lives is like location and family and you know am i rooted into one place or not maybe rooted is a negative connotation but like that is a kind of big decision for a lot of people i think mm-hmm. yeah for sure and i think like the more i age the more i realize that life is about uh it's not about options it's about commitments right so and i think for a lot of people their family being in one particular area is a is a good excuse to to commit to living somewhere i guess long term right which so it it helps you with that decision right which for a lot of people i think myself included would otherwise be very hard to come to um because there's so many options right um but uh yeah so i think i think um you know geography and and family play play a huge part in how someone's life kind of pans out yeah i that makes sense and and it's, and it's something i'm thinking about right now um you know i'm not sure where i'll end up and like okay do i want to stay in toronto for friends and family or like am i open to my career taking me other places and it's it's an interesting decision that i think a lot of people especially in the kind of we've never had so much freedom with the ability to work i guess that um mm-hmm. you know it's it's more of a decision than it maybe ever was but now with everyone going back to being able to work from home you know whether or not it's by choice like it's almost like a, a, another new stage of this uh work uh life balance that family and geography kind of slot into mm-hmm. yeah well put i am i'm wondering to you know kind of bring it full circle i'm wondering two things one what why do you think it's important to talk about family in this way and to really think about family values and do you think the like do you think the average person is thinking about it a lot or or is it kind of just passive in people's minds uh i definitely i guess to bring it back to what i said at the at the you know start of the conversation i do think it is a passive thought um you know you may touch upon it individually you know from time to time but i do think just because of the nature of your family kind of just always being there in the background like people don't take a step back and and kind of analyze it um you know on its own i would say as much as you know maybe they should right um well do but, they, uh, they should i suppose because that's you know we just spent 30 minutes doing that i'm wondering do you think it's important for people to do that to really kind of pay attention to that value in their life and and understand it um i think it's certainly helpful i think especially as you become an adult and and you're kind of in in that stage of your life and you're you know trying to decide what you're relationship uh you know with your parents and siblings is going to look like you know well into the future i think it's definitely good to take a step back and really analyze and see what's working and what's not working and you know where opportunities lie um in terms of cult- of cultivating those relationships uh you know positively um but yeah i just i think that you know people should definitely give it more thought and and then you know while understanding that what you see kind of portrayed in tv uh and movies is not necessarily the the kind of enigma of what a, what a family should be right it's you know more individual and and on a case by case basis right and you know what works for one family won't work for another family and and vice versa right yeah i i think that makes sense and that's a good place to end it so thank you for uh 
for exploring this with me and sharing your experience. I, I found it really enjoyable and valuable. So we'll see how my family changes in the next year because of you. <laughs> well, I hope it's, uh, it's for the better. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you. Bye.